What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Steamers Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 21. And we're doing another soul, baby. It's your boy, Greed. What a blasphemous Sunday. Terrible. I hated it. Hated everything about it. Started off hungover. You know, just ready to ready to go about a good Sunday. Ready to bounce back. Ready for a nice, you know. But I don't get it. No, I don't get it. And it, it was just terrible. I finally got my phone fixed. That was just the biggest pain in the ass I've ever had to deal with. I mean, the whole idea where an update applied to my phone overnight or was queued to apply to my phone and the reason it applied was because I restarted it not having a backup I'm I'm living in 2018 right now and it's just I lost everything and it sucks then again so like that whole this whole week just needs to be forgotten Everything needs to be forgotten. My phone needs to be thrown into a dumpster next to all all my FanDuel picks for this week. That I'm I'm living in it. I'm gonna get into these uh, picks that I made this week because obviously some of them some of them didn't pan. It was actually just it was one of those weeks where you just got to chalk and take the loss, but. It, Depending on how much you might have put in, it might have been a bigger loss. In my case, it's the fattest loss of all time. Shit. Now I'm sitting here trying to preach takes and I'm looking at Jeep's stupid picture. Alright, we're just reviewing it. If you didn't take Aaron Rodgers, you basically lost. But I said to take Aaron Rodgers. I mean, my that that's what the type of week it was. My QB picks hit. And that's just, when that happens, all hell breaks loose. Take Aaron Rodgers, you're set. Jacoby, Kirk. Tannehill on the cheap, no one. My no one picks were actually solid this week, and I can't... I'm starting to think that I should just ride the no one picks every week because I only occasionally take one, maybe one or the other, or depending on the slate, I'll, I'll put one of them in. But I mean, let's just... Tannehill had over 20, and he actually looked solid. I mean, I better than Mariota. Running backs, I mean, Singletary, I don't even know. That was an ugly, ugly Bills game where, I mean, they were they were losing Fitzmagic. I almost tweeted out this take where Fitzpatrick was going to go out on the field and shave his beard at the 50-yard line after beating the Bills on his revenge game tour. And I thought that that's what it, it was going to be the build-up. I thought that the beard was the build-up to being shaved in Buffalo for the revenge only win for the Dolphins this season. And then he was just going to hang him up. Would have been the most epic event in the history of anything. I mean, shit. I was, I was hoping he was going to walk out basically like how Bane does in the Dark Knight Rises where he just walks out on the field blowing up half the stadium and just kills a dude, just rips his neck. I mean, I, that's what I was imagining. 
Fitz Magic doing today? He still had a good game. But still. No, no Devin Singletary. Just Fitz Magic. Corey Davis, 17 points after they moved to Tannehill. He might become relevant again. Obviously, he was a first-round pick. You know, two years ago, but... I mean, Tannehill actually can throw the ball. He's not, you know, he's on a bot. He was a starter his whole career until he got hurt. Always in the bad Miami offense. But just, I mean, overall, at, in reviewing the week, I hated it. I, like, I, I was sitting here today just waiting for something good to happen. Where, like... I don't even know. Like, Saquon only had 15 points. He almost got hurt again. Leonard Fournette on the, like, first five minutes of the game has a goal line stand and he doesn't get the touchdown. And I'm seeing Marvin Jones catch four touchdowns today. Chase Edmonds. What, what is with the Cardinals declaring David Johnson as active and then just not, he just doesn't play? I mean, granted. Chase Edmonds had a really good game. He was he was hitting the holes. He was moving a lot quicker. He's probably way better move to play him today. But why not just declare Johnson inactive? Like how many people? Like I cannot think of someone that actually said today, "I'm benching David Johnson for Chase Edmonds," even though when you hear they're both active. Like you, you just, David Johnson's been 15 plus a week. Like shit, Edmonds. It can't happen. It can't. Never. And it's just, it, the Giants see, I don't know what the hell's going on there. I mean, seriously, I could run through that shit. It just looked way too easy. It's just, the NFL, it's, it's losing. It's losing. I cannot wait for the NBA to start this week, so I don't have to, like, it doesn't have to be my primary talk talking point. Because I'm not even going to be done talking about the NFL on this podcast. I still, it's it's just bad. There's like two. Th- there's like Teddy Bridgewater has the Saints at six and one. And who the hell saw that coming? He didn't. He didn't even have Camara. He didn't have Jared Cook. Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback, and they replace him with two gloves. I, I I need to know: Does he have like a wall, or like a plaque, like um, damn it, I, I'm blanking on his name from Major League, the the guy Willie Mays Hayes when he hangs up the gloves. Is Teddy in the locker room, like pinning his gloves to the wall each game he wins? That if not, he, it needs to be done. There's no way that's the same set of gloves. That's a take. No no way he's rep or no, I'm gonna go with he is repping the same pair of gloves every week. And it's just a winning magic. It's they're blessed. Fuck man, I need these gloves. I need them. Because I need I need something that after this week. I mean now I gotta stress over this birds game after a terrible a terrible week. Birds are going to play tonight, or when you guys hear this, they will have played. And here's the take. I'm taking the win. 
Jalen Mills back. Hopefully he slows down Amari Cooper. I always said Amari Cooper dominates in division games. So I'm expecting Amari Cooper to have a solid game. But I think we're going to contain Zeke. I think Wentz is going to have a good game. And I'm going to I'm going to listen to this in the morning. And I'm just going to hear the freezing fridge of takes that I'm putting together right now. Because shit. I just I'm like I'm the only thing I hope for this game and it's something that they sort hope that they're I hope they try to resolve because the NFL is tanking with the idea of the of the refs right now. The refs are ruining the football football. Half the half the hits in the and are getting called. There's just every every play is being broken down by some new technology to enhance how calls are being made. So there's more scrutiny from every other person that watches football. And you you bring in like once they brought in the pylon cams and the the cameras that are reviewing all this shit, they can't take it away. Now that it's in, it's in. Because, like, you, like challenging a pass interference call, that's they, they they can never take that out now. People are gonna want to challenge every play, and it's gonna the time of game is gonna increase. Every every little angle, it's just not gonna be like what you see is what we get. And and the refs deciding games, it's just it's painful. Like, I'm waiting for the, the time where I'm sitting here getting to watch a game and I'm not waiting. Like, the announcers are saying, all right, well, here's, the, like, snaps the ball. At the end of the play, they're like, I don't see any flags behind the line of scrimmage. I see two flags in the secondary. It's like, they have to check each part of the field to see how many, just how many flags there are, not if there's a flag. Like, Cleek Blakeman just ruined the line, potentially ruined the line season from Monday night. And then those games today, like they're booing. It's constant boo. So like, look at like just in general. What I'm saying here is that the NFL is tanking, and it's and it's literally because they're using new technology. That's just every it's it's opening more points of criticism now. And watching watching a football game is just all right. What how many penalties are in this game? How often are there penalties? Why can't I just watch the game? And it's just it it sucks to watch. And the, I think the one that I mean, I know like it's probably got the most judgment to it, and it's probably the one they've been focusing on the most is the quarterback like roughing the passer calls. I saw like one or two today where Stafford rolled out, and this was in the Vikings Lions game, and Stafford rolls out and goes to make a throw. And Everson Griffin, uh, I mean, he's running full momentum. Obviously, like, could you imagine? I, I can't imagine when I'm in a game atmosphere, I'm running around, I'm bullying the linemen to try to get to the quarterback to do my job. And then I'm running full steam. And just because Safford has gotten the ball out of his hand, I have to, like, pause and pull up and dodge and get out of the way. Like, like it's football. I understand the tackling thing, I get it. I get that you shouldn't have a 300-pound guy fall on top of you full weight and just snap your collarbone. But you gotta let you gotta let some contact happen. 
like obviously there's there's the extent of it's unnecessary but it's football the contact is necessary that's what the pads are for that's how every football player is learns the game it's it just it's gonna happen so throwing flags for shit like that is just gonna piss everyone off pisses me off I can't I'm throwing my hat around sitting on the couch because I see a flag every other play and I just don't know like what when it, when a touchdown happens I don't know if that's actually a, a, a real touchdown until I have to wait like literally 30 seconds after the play you can't even celebrate it anymore when someone scores I can't believe I, I had the transition me talking about my shitty picks to a version of the NFL tanking because I'm getting pissed about watching and like looking at trends and shit. Just like let the let them play. I mean, like, and this was my thing is that I don't know what's more stressful if I have to watch Red Zone and it's just them flipping between screens and it's a flag, or if I have to watch the Eagles and I'm gonna watch a game that I have to sit and watch every part of the game and it's just flags back and forth. Like, that's how teams are winning now. I don't know. I'm to to the point where the NFL needs to fix something. And I think the focus needs to be... Honestly, they should incentivize not calling penalties. What they should do is... See, like, you call a penalty... And we find any scrutiny, you get like a fine or something. Like they have to make sure that when they throw the flag, it's correct. Because it, it the whole game is just dependent on calls now. I need positivity, man. I need something. Like this is why the NBA starts this week. I'm excited. I've already given my take. The Sixers are going to be. I, I think the preseason show they're going to be dominant. Al Horford is going to be a great addition, and Thibel is a great addition. Defensively, we're going to be a freaking powerhouse. And this is why I'm not talking about. The, I, I can't. I can't wait to stop talking about the NFL. Like I, I need, I need something I can watch every night and just like enjoy the game. I, I want to see this Harden, this Harden move be debuted. I want to see. Some I can't wait for this Clippers-Lakers rivalry. I can't wait for Steph Curry to win MVP. That's gonna happen. Like this is like this is the this is the type of sport we need right now. Cause hockey, the Flyers went to shit. Literally five games in the season. You start off two and zero, and then what the hell happens after? It's just sports in general right now. It's just a. This is why we need the NBA. But back to the Sixers. I want to get into just a little bit more of a, an expectation. I kind of want to give my picks. Um. I just don't know if I want to do it with. Yeah, I'm going to do them right now. I am. Rookie of the year. That's where we're going to start. Rookie of the year. I like uh, 
I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with Zion. I, mean, I know he's gonna be hurt, but it's just a likely pick. You got. I mean, it's hard not to pick him. I think Tyler Hero is the dark horse. I put twenty dollars on him at ten thousand to one, and I think that's gonna hit. Yeah, if it does hit, that's awesome. But that dude is gonna be an up and comer. He looks. Hot take. I think he's the next a better version of Clay Thompson. I think he's like he I think he's gonna be a better scoring version. Maybe not good as, as good defensively. Clay's a great all on, on ball defender. But I think he can fit a role where he's like that number two really good shooting guard that he can actually do more what he can create with his own shot. So he's my shot like my surprise pick if because I'm I put my money on him, I'm riding it. I already said my MVP is Curry. Still sticking with that. I don't know. I think I think we gotta. You kind of have to consider either Simmons or Embiid as probably of as a possible dark horse. I think what holds Simmons back is if if he gets his average of t- to over twenty points a game, because I think everyone in the NBA is gonna pick the Sixers to be at least the top two or three seed in the East, potentially. You're looking at 55, 60 wins, hopefully. So the win total is going to be there. The seeding is going to be there. If his stats are there, he's going to have triple doubles, obviously. But if he gets a scoring to 20, that means Simmons is definitely a a dark horse. But Embiid's probably going to be the likely. It's just how much we play him. And that's when I can't wait for when we get to sit him. You have Horford, and you get to insert like Thibel into the lineup, and our defense is just insane. So I think I'm gonna stick as my dark horse. I think Embiid's obviously the better odds, but I'm gonna say that Simmons, if he gets that 20 point average, he will be. I I think he can. I don't think he can win it yet until he, he actually is scoring from multiple different options. But I'm gonna say he's gonna be a, a 20 point scorer. Coach of the year. I'm gonna go with Mike Budenholzer. I know he's got the crazy face, but the the Bucks are just going to be another good team, and it's, it, every they're just, that's their competition. But I don't think they're like obviously I don't think they're going to win. Um, that's all I got. I mean, I I have not I, I'm not going to give any more takes on that. That's just generic. Most improved. This is a tough one. And not because, because most improve it. It's like who jumps into the, the the spotlight, who turns into a star, and I think it goes along with the role of who you know gets the volume. And I think the most improved is going to be Terry Rozier, because I think Rozier is going to have a type of year where it's obviously the the, the Hornets aren't going to be good, but they might be. They might have at least found a guard or a player that I mean they had Kemba, but. He might fit in a role where he might average like 18 points a game. And he might, it's like a starting caliber. The other one, I don't think he's uh, he's a candidate to be most improved because he's starting to really break out. But I like him as an all-star this year, Zach Levine. Levine is just a pure scorer. And I don't know if you can you can put him in that conversation uh, because I think he, he takes us to the star level. Uh... But I think Levine is going to take the next step this year. I think that team. I think I said last year that I thought the Bulls could be a potential sneak 
Because, like, but they were too young. I think now when you look at them, when they got a team that's, they just have a good, solid lineup, and I kind of like it. But I, I like Levine. Levine's just a pure scorer. He's, he's, he's so good. Defensive player, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stick with Kawhi. I defensively, I just I I think he should honestly just win the award because of how what he does to players. Like I I think just watching when we when we played Toronto and what he did to Ben Simmons, it's just like he has that ability to to take out a player's influence. So I'm gonna say that they're gonna need Kawhi to play a lot. But he's going to be, I think because the Clippers are just going to be that good defensively, he's going to be Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know, man. It's just, the NBA season, I'm ready. Sixers have a lot of expectations. But here I am. I mean, it's just, God, it's 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 finally time. I, I like, I just can't, I just cannot deal with watching the NFL anymore and the NBA is we're gonna hammering the Sixers opening night I think they're gonna dominate Celtics it's just gonna everyone's gonna take expectations for the Celtics this year way back after opening night if we lose opening night then we have problems but again now that we've seen the preseason I just want to you know I want to get back into what I was talking about with the Sixers I really think this lineup is built to for the long run. I really do. I think that Thibault might... I mean, I had this debate the other night. Thibault might be one of our better picks in the last couple of years. And why? Is because he's not... He has no selfishness to him on offense. Where he's going to fit the role so nicely where he's a, a 3 and D. That, that's what Covington was. I think that he can be a better Covington. And the way I see him, you know, he's getting his, he's getting after it. His hands are everywhere. He's, he's poking the ball out. Blocks, steals, you, you name it. Like, he's, he's everywhere. And I just, I, I just love the idea that, he, you know, he's not going to be someone that's going to go out there and ISO. But that's what you have Simmons and Bede for and Tobias. Then you have him on the outside playing defense you know we needed I think that what we were lacking last year was a guy to pressure and frustrate you know the star level talent on other teams like I like I know he's got a his attitude's just off but every team needs to find their Patrick Beverly Beverly was blowing in Durant's ears and shit and he's like that's that's the type of player you need that you say, I'm going to put him on on Kevin Durant and we're going to watch him go to work. And just cause and it just causes havoc. That's why I like the Clippers this year. I mean, that's just going to be a defensive powerhouse. And then also we are. We're going to be a big team. I think it's going to, I think Horford is going to just going to, I think we need to keep Horford more on the block. I kind of like the Embiid ISO. I know he, I don't I think that what Embiid kind of lacks is like he's very good, but he's very good when he has his pump fake and he's in the motion of driving to the basket versus taking him on the block, backing him down and taking him one on one. I think well, that's more of Horford's game. So I think that's I think it's going to flip around our offense a little bit, but 
it's I just I'm seeing so much potential with our lineup. And I'm and I'm gonna keep saying it. I think Trey Burke was a very underrated signing. I mean, I'm I'm ready for a guard that can score. Like we we drafted Fultz for that that purpose. We wanted a guard that can score. We haven't had. When was the last time we had it? Drew Holiday, Carter Williams wasn't that. McConnell wasn't that. Fultz didn't play. I mean, it's been a while. Like I, I want, I want a guy that I can that he's bringing up the ball and he's someone that can, you know, he can create his own shot and he can score a little bit. I feel like our guards have always just been up, you know, on the offensive side have been, you know, below the average. And Zaire, I mean, Zaire's a tough tough player to understand very athletic I think he I think he fits like if he can develop offensively with a, a good jump shot he could be a solid player I like his ability to, to get up and get to the basket make second chance points that's you know he's going to make the hustle energy plays but I mean I there's nothing I, I like he's in a good role to develop just he, he might not get up as many minutes to see the full potential. I think Thibault's obviously going to be earning his minutes more. It's just gonna, I'm ready, man. I'm ready for like this a good season. It's it's time. I like I I I don't see anyone in the East that can stay with us. I really don't think the Bucks have a chance. I'm ready. Right on Wednesday. I think the East is the Sixers. I think we get to the finals. Everyone's healthy. Knock on wood. I think we're good. All right. We're getting to one more sport and then we're going to sign off. World Series is set. Nationals, Astros. Now, I have not watched a lot of baseball this season. Not as much as I used to. I, I did watch a good amount, but not as much as I used to. But this still stands with how how teams need to be built. And then you need, obviously, your, your players that get you the hits. The Yankees had the, and then the Dodgers had two of the best lineups, right? But they're out. Why are they out? Uh, to me, it's pitching. Nationals made the move for pitching. They started off shitty this year. Came all the way back. Now they're in the World Series. Why? Their rotation has been nuts. Every time Scherzer goes on the mound, he, he it's like his average guy is like the seven innings, 10 plus Ks. It gives you a one-run ball game. Kershaw did that all season. Got put in a terrible situation. Costed them the season. Nationals added Corbin, Scherzer. I mean, I mean, and it's just a great rotation, great pitching, and they're 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 playing really solid right now. Then their hitting's coming alive at the perfect time. 
But I, I'm st- I'm sticking with the Astros, man. I mean, with Verlander and Cole, and then the uh, they just got the energy. That was one of the craziest ALCS games ever. I mean, the Brantley double play was absolutely insane. That's like the that's what's great for baseball. It's those type those type of plays. And then the Altuve, who's the best second baseman in baseball, just a pure bomb walk-off. Nothing better. That's just like... Now, now I'm, I want to watch the World Series. Like, that was what the type of... Like, I, I need to watch it, so I want to see the Astros. I think their energy right now is just insane. I don't, I don't like how the... I mean, the Nationals... The only thing about getting this break, I mean, they've been they were red hot in this playoffs. The only thing about getting the break is that their pitchers are gonna be rested. I don't know. It's just like I feel like their like their groove's just gonna be off. I think the Astros take it in six. I I I would hate, and I would absolutely hate. I think Philadelphia would hate if the Nationals won. Because it, it would just be the never-ending Bryce Harper, like, like they, everyone's giving him shit already. And I, I don't understand why. The organization made a, a move. They got another pitcher. If, if Harper was in that lineup, they would still be probably in the World Series. They would have played Soto. They would have had another big bat. Like, Harper was red hot to end the season. I just think the Phillies need to have one focus other than getting a manager, and that's get some pitching. I'm tired of looking at I like like I said the other day, I don't know my I don't know our bullpen. Who the hell is in our bullpen? I like I used to I used to be able to name when the Phillies were in the playoffs our entire pitching staff. Brad Lidge, Antonio Bastardo, J.C. Romero, Ryan Madsen. You, I can't name one guy. Like, go get pitching. At, like at the at like the middle of the point of the year, when you're supposed to be like grinding out games and getting your way back in the division, getting in the fight for so that September we can make a run. I, I'm I'm turning on the game and. They were taking out Nola in a, in a one-run game or two-run game because we're trying to make a, a you know get our our bullpen to relieve them, and I don't even know who the hell's coming in. And it's like, like JT Ramuto like summed it up with that one meme where he sees the I don't even know what clown was running in from the bullpen. That's that. See, like I said, I don't know their names, and he comes running in, and JT's like, no. Like, are you serious? Like, our hitting lineup, like, I, I feel like we have that energy that we can come alive and just put up runs when we need them. But I do not feel that way about our pitching that's going to carry us into games. You got to you gotta build that pitching staff. I, I think that you need to see what the other two teams in the, in the World Series right now that have. They have some dominant pitchers. They have a bullpen. 
It, I mean, that's that's what's it's his late game heroics right now in the playoffs that it's changing it's changing momentum. Dodgers got screwed. They couldn't pit. They they brought in Kershaw at at a time that he wasn't ready. That lineup is since that they had a great hitting lineup and pretty good pitching, but they they made a bad move. The Yankees just there's I don't I have nothing to say about the Yankees. I didn't want them to win. They had the some of the biggest power hitters in the league. Sanchez, Judge, Encarnacion. I mean like Stanton. I it's just But that they didn't win. They got beat by the Astros. Roldis Chapman, who's one probably arguably one of the best closers too. I think you just need to have that reliable pitching. I don't know, man. Maybe next year. Maybe next year it'll be different. Maybe we'll make a run. Or maybe we'll be like the Flyers and not. And just get our hopes up two games in the season. Shit. All right, guys. If you're liking the podcast, be sure to follow on Twitter and Instagram. We're coming out with new content at Steamers Pod. And maybe Scoob won't be so haunted over tomorrow. This has been Steamer Season 1, Episode 21. Solo podcast with your boy Greed. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Birds!